exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. 37-yard field goal, this is it. This is it right here. It's already. The snap's good. The whole oh, the kick's oh, good. The kick is oh, good. The Mountaineers are going to try to take it to the lead. To the big house. To the big house. 20, 15. Wow. The Mountaineers have just beaten the Michigan Wolverines. The Mountaineers of Appalachian State have just beaten the Michigan Wolverines in the big house. This is the Michigan State Spartan Sports Wrap if you're just now tuning in. Clearly, this is Spartan Country. I'm joined by Ray Mar and Brigitte Sheroy, and on this big Monday, what a big show. Let me give you our contact info right off the jump. Pardon me, I, I just got our Monty Edwards name tattooed on my neck. If you don't know who he is, ask the Michigan Wolverine defense. He completed 17 of 23 passes for 227 yards with three touchdowns. He also ran one in for a score. And Michigan Falls in their home opener. Their title dreams shattered, let alone title dreams in the Big Ten. We'll talk about the Wolverines in just a moment. But I'd like to introduce my cast. You're just joining us this week. Ray Mar is back for a second week as a co-host. Ray, uh, what is going on, brother? Nothing much. Just uh, excited about last or, or Saturday's victory or uh, Saturday's victory. Absolutely. Brigitte Sheroyan makes her lovely appearance back for. Year, back for summer. year two after a long summer. How how was the summer? Summer was good, but I'm really glad to be back. You, you so were doing big things, right? Fox Two Detroit. I was, I was working at Fox Two Detroit this summer, doing a little bit of news and sports broadcasting. Got to hang out with Jen Hammond, which was pretty cool. For all of you who don't know, she's the female sideline reporter, which is what I hope to be one day. Well, look at that. See see what the Spartan Sports Rap can do for you, right? There. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ride it as long as I can. <laughs> Michigan falls in their season opener to Division One AA Appalachian State. If someone, I will pay, I'll pay thirty dollars for an Appalachian State T-shirt or jersey. I told you, I got our Monty Edwards name tattooed on my neck. I'm already been the, 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 the Appalachian <laughs> the Appalachian State quarterback is is my new hero. He's right up there with Mateen Cleves and, and Judd <laughs> and Judd Heathcote. But congratulations first to my cousin Mike. And Chris said they're expecting their first child. They've been trying for a long time, and it's just a great time in the family. So i got to give them props first and poke a little fun because he is a Michigan alumni, so at least he has <laughs> a little bundle of joy on the way. <laughs> but Michigan falls 34-32 to Appalachian State. Possibly the proudest weekend as, as a Spartan <laughs> football fan in, in my four years here at Michigan State. Notre Dame is beaten by 30 points by Georgia Tech. Not to mention they've lost their last nine bowl games. <laughs> Another reason why Notre Dame doesn't necessarily belong in BCS bowl games. And Michigan's, Michigan loses by two. Not to mention Michigan State wins very impressively against a bad, I'll say it, a bad UAB team. 55-18 Michigan State wins. J.U. Culkert goes nuts in the first quarter in four minutes for four touchdowns. He had four touchdowns by the 12-26 mark of the second quarter. So what's that, like two minutes and, and 14 seconds gone by in the second quarter? He's got four mm-hmm. touchdowns. Here's one. Here's quotable for you. Javon Ringer, postgame, after the Michigan loss, quote, I kind of wanted them to be undefeated when they came to play us. 
That's the kind of appetite I'm looking for out of the Spartan team. I'm elated. I hope you are, too. Our number, if you'd like to get in touch, the phone lines are wide open all hour. But don't worry. I've got some great audio content coming to you. The likes of J.U. Colcrick, Brian Hoyer, offensive coordinator Don Treadwell, defensive coordinator Pat Narduzzi. Sounds like a Dago, like my man to my right. Ray Mara, Kellen Davis, played tight end and little defensive end. We'll talk about that. We got some clips. Charlie Bell, former Spartan National Champion, former All-American, caught up with him in an exclusive interview at Open Gym the other day. That's if we have time. Emails, let's get them rolling in. The inbox, wdbmsports at gmail.com. I'm anticipating a boatload, so I'll say the address again wdbmsports at gmail.com get them coming pour the dirt on michigan i don't care folks this is your show keep the emails rolling keep them clean we'll read them on air if they're funny enough uh but but ray has something for us ray can, can you put a situation up for us well here's the question of the week uh which game which games are gonna be more more pleasurable to watch on espn classic the colorado u of m game when uh, Cordell Stewart throws a 50-yard Hail Mary over Ty Law to uh, Michael Westbrook, uh, the infamous uh, Final Four timeout, Chris Weber, or the Appalachian State U of M game? I don't care if you heard that Appalachian State call 100 times in the past two days. It doesn't get old. Not today. It is not old news. Every time I hear that, I just break down. We're playing it before the show. I'm just I'm just cracking up to see that Michigan has how how long was that field goal? That was within 40 yards, wasn't it? Uh, I believe so. I I don't. They have a ch- the they have a chance to win it, and they choke at home. Not to mention they had two two field goals blocked in the fourth quarter. <laughs> way to hey, way to execute. And then after the game, what does Lloyd Carr say? Oh, wow, we I didn't have my guys prepared. How many months did you have in advance that knowing that you were going to play Appalachian State? And yet another case of a mobile quarterback just eating the Wolverines alive. The email inbox wide open, wdbmsports at gmail.com. The phone line's open as well, 517-432-3893. For those of you who are listening and not out buying your Appalachian State t-shirts. But we don't want to overlook the good things that happened at Spartan Stadium as well this weekend. We'll get to that about 20 after the hour. But first, the Michigan game. I'll ask both of you. Brigitte Troyan, she's back. Fellas, I'm sure you're happy. <laughs> I'm happy because she's finally reporting to work. She skips last week. Ray Mar is back. He's going to be a regular contributor. He'll be here for the long haul as well as Brigitte. And this is going to be the, the three-person weave. We'll, we'll keep it politically correct. Yes, we will. We won't call it the three-man <laughs> weave. You know, we've got a nice young lady in here. But was this game won by Appalachian State or lost by the Wolverines? It was totally won by Appalachian State, just because they were winning the entire game. I think at one point they were up by 11 points. And, you know, Michigan's notorious for having their late-game comebacks, but this time they just couldn't do it. Appalachian State, their quarterback, their two receivers, they were just insane how good they were. And to be honest, Michigan's defense, they really couldn't compete with them, and it was totally won by Appalachian State. Ray, won or lost by Michigan? I would have to say lost by Michigan. I, part, I, part of me. <laughs> the game was nowhere near won by Michigan. Won well, by App State or lost by the Wolverines? Well, I'm saying Michigan definitely dropped the ball. They had two chances to you know tie or, or win the game, and they just blew two field goals. You can't let that happen. And Appalachian State did whatever they wanted offensively, and they just passed all over them. That was a terrible defensive game plan by uh, Ron English. <laughs> Ron, Ron English. English. <laughs> Incorrect grammar that game. But more importantly... 
Appalachian State with the victory. Season over for Michigan. Uh, it, it's week one. Can it, can a season really be over the day it begins? Well, I don't think their season's over, but their national championship hopes are definitely shot down. They have definitely no shot of winning national championship. Oh, no question. It, it, are, and Brigitte, are they your favorites to win the Big Ten? Michigan? No. <laughs> no way. She says Michigan. But Ray, who, who's your favorite to win the Big Ten after after Week One? We haven't seen much. We're playing, you know, MAC teams that arguably can beat Big Ten teams. We saw Bowling Green do it. But who's your favorite? If I had a choice, I'd like to see Penn State win it this year. I'd, I'd like to see Joe Pa go out on top and finally hang up his. Uh, so so are you? Are, are, are you saying Joe Pa's going to be done soon? Uh, I hope. Well. I don't think I don't, he's going anywhere. Yeah. Okay, how, how about this? Uh, we're going to throw some numbers out for you after after this uh, this quick you br- bring something to your attention, make you um, aware of something. Um, Jake Long, Chad Henney, and Mike, I'm a Michigan man heart. Thanks for coming back. Really appreciate your guys' effort, skipping the possible millions in the NFL draft, coming back for your senior year for a run at a national title. <laughs> Oh boy, Jake Long, you were slated in the top ten. What a great decision you just made. You have to be laying in your bed right now, just watching the dollar bills float over your head as as Lloyd Carr is now officially on the intensely burning seat that is the head coaching position at Michigan. And and Mike Carr, he, here's a guy. He he really blew his Heisman chances when he when he goes after Jim Harbaugh and says, "Oh, you're not a Michigan man." Oh, Mich- you know, Jim Harbaugh goes after Michigan a little bit, saying, "You know, you you steer these athletes toward leisure, quote leisure academic programs like you know health and fitness or <laughs> or, or something something general studies. General, there's a great one. General studies, interdisciplinary hum- humanities or something along those lines, and in. And Mike Hart comes back with something along the lines of, "Oh, you're not, you know, you're not even a Michigan man." Hey, hey Ray, how can, can we get Mike Hart's uh, record against Ohio State? Uh, well, you mean Lloyd Carr's? Yeah, well, let, let's go ahead. How, how about uh, the player is is at the end of the day ultimately a, fl- a reflection of their head coach? Let's throw some numbers at me, right? Uh, give me some Michigan records against Ohio State. Uh, Lloyd Carr is six and six all time. A lack, lackluster uh, performance. I mean, he has a legacy to fil- fulfill, but. He still hasn't done that part of his job. Let's take a. Can we take a look at the last few meetings that the Wolverines and Buckeyes have had? Uh, he's one in five against Ohio OSU's Jim Tressel, and so so Jim Tressel basically owns Lloyd Carr. Is what you're trying yes. to say? And uh, how about bowl games? Uh, they definitely lost their last four and only won one in the last six. And if we're rolling seasons over, Michigan happens to be on a three-game losing streak. First, they were. In, they were bested by Ohio State, and it was a great, greatly competitive game. Uh, then USC totally embarrassed them in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> and now, my boys, the Appalachian State Mountaineers <laughs> go into Ann Arbor in front of 110,000 fans. Maybe maybe you needed that stadium addition sooner so you could have 5,000 more fans to see that disappointment that was Michigan's season ending Saturday. I'll say it. Michigan season is over. Are you kidding? You have three first-round NFL draft picks that came back for the sole purpose of winning a national championship, and then we're going to believe in moral victories, and then and then go to tier two and say, "Oh, yeah, we're we're going to battle for the Big Ten. Are you kidding? People are going to look at Michigan. I'm saying opposing teams that come and play the Wolverines and say you are extremely beatable. All Appalachian State does is, is expose their weaknesses. Ray, what what do you think some of the main weaknesses 
on Michigan's defense in particular are. Well, I think what Appalachian State did, they just spread them out and just use their use their athletes because you can't you can't go smash mouth against a team like Michigan because it's just not going to happen. So Appalachian State definitely utilizes utilize their uh, receivers effectively and their speed. Yeah, Armonte Edwards. That name will ring through Michigan Stadium for years to come. Say it with me, Armonte Edwards. Tattooed on my neck. I love it. Or not really, Mom and Dad, if you're, <laughs> if you're listening. Uh, but Armonte Edwards, Appalachian State QB, 17-23. That's very Brian Hoyer-like, I must add. For 227 yards and three TDs. Don't worry, we're going we're gonna to sh- shed some praise on, on the Spartans, but as well as give some analysis. He also ran 17 times for 62 yards and a score. Mobile quarterbacks simply destroy the Wolverines. Um, tough break, Jake Long, Chad Henney, and Mike. I'm a Michigan man. Hart, um, I don't think he's beaten Ohio State. No. No. Mm-mm. Tough break. Chad Henney, mm, tough break. Pa- you guys pass on all this money to come back to win a national championship. But he- here's, a- here's more of an interesting point. To compound the Michigan loss, what happens later in the evening? Notre Dame gets whooped. I'm not even talking last-second field goal block. I'm talking dominated from kickoff to final whistle by Georgia Tech. 33-3. to Three is the number in that game. Notre Dame has to cycle through three QBs to try to get something going. <laughs> Let's bring Jimmy the, the Savior Clawson off the bench. Not happening. Notre Dame. Loses by 30 in their home opener at home. They really needed the prayers of the Notre Dame faithful <laughs> after that one. But compounding that Michigan loss has to be the Notre Dame loss. And what and that just makes it a great weekend, a great opening weekend, especially when you know, the final score in Michigan State's game, 55-18, is a bit deceiving. Our, our first-team defense gave up three points, to be honest. They played well, albeit, uh, I'll say it, there were some deep balls that were dropped by UAB receivers that could have been touchdowns. And Otis Wiley, after the game, said, you know, thank God that they dropped those, but that's part of the game. But more importantly, you're listening to the Spartan Sports Rep on Impact 89FM. Shoot us an email. Your thoughts on the Michigan game, Michigan State game, Notre Dame, whatever it is. Our email address, jot it down, wdbmsports at gmail.com. Our phone number, phones are wide open all hour. I got a ton of interviews coming your way, courtesy of Michigan State football, 517-432-3893. I'm here with Brigitte Royan and Ray Mar. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Rap. We're going to take a quick break. But when we do return, we will finish up this Michigan wrap-up and get into your Michigan State Spartans right after this. You're tuned in to Michigan State Student Radio. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Attention shoppers, if anyone is missing a rather plump set of love handles, please come to the customer service counter and claim them. The ample love handles were lost in the produce department where their former owner had purchased fruits and veggies to munch on during the big game. Thank you and have a good day. Small step number 81, snack on fruits and veggies. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at www.smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Saturday nights from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m., tune into the cultural vibe to hear the best in both local and national hip-hop, plus live mixing on the ones and twos. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432 3893 
And now, back to Exposure. Knock, knock. Who's there? 37-yard field goal. This is it. This is it right here. It's already. The snap's good. The whole oh, the kick's oh, The kick is good. Oh, the Mountaineers are going to try to take it. To the, lead, to the big house. Go to the big house. 20, 15. Oh, the Mountaineers have just beaten the Michigan Wolverines. The Mountaineers of Appalachian State have just beaten the Michigan Wolverines <laughs> in the big house. <laughs> just in case you missed the beginning of our show, I had to replay that for you, courtesy of Ray Mara. Ray, thank you. That was, that was one of the best <laughs> knock-knock jokes I've ever heard. I'm out buying my Armonte Edwards jersey this afternoon, and I run into Ray. He's already got his Appalachian State t-shirt purchased, and, and what a great weekend. Uh, but a point that needs to be made, we saw Michigan lose in their opener. We saw Notre Dame lose. The two winningest programs in college history with the best winning percentages, obviously. And Michigan has a, a lengthy list of bowl appearances as does Notre Dame, even though they've lost their last nine. Another reason why they need to beef up that schedule. But in week three, Notre Dame and Michigan play each other. Prior to that, Michigan plays a very lethal Oregon team. Mm -hmm. Or should I say the University of Nike? (laughs) We'll we'll continue, though. Uh, Will we see an 0-2 Notre Dame and an 0-2 Michigan in week three? I highly doubt it. I think Michigan's going to come back, bounce back. I want to bite my tongue in this, but I think uh, Michigan's going to beat Oregon. So, Brigitte, an 0-2, uh, an 0-2 Michigan versus an 0-2 Notre Dame. I don't know. That's kind of tough. I think Michigan's going to make a lot of adjustments this week just because Lloyd Carr's going to be on the hot seat all week. They're going to look back and see what they did wrong against Appalachian State, and I think they're going to change it. However, Oregon is very good this year, and if they keep exploiting Michigan's weaknesses like the way Appalachian State did, we might see 0-2. But I think Notre Dame will win next week. Um, not to mention, let's take a look. We'll just take a look at schedules. Notre Dame lost to Georgia Tech by 30. The, the road does not get easier. Penn State. Penn State at Happy Valley. They're going to demolish Notre Dame. Then they travel to Michigan for what I hope to be an 0-2 matchup versus an 0-2. 0-2 Michigan after they totally collapse. They're, it's it's going to be midweek. To, about midweek for a football game tomorrow, they're still dwelling on this lost Appalachian State. They're having press conferences, players, you know, swallowing their pride, saying they got to play for a Big Ten championship now. That oh, I don't think they're mentally strong enough to overcome this. To be honest, their arrogance, the Ann Arbor arrogance, not Double A, will go Triple A. Ann Arbor arrogance really came into play. They 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 most likely thought they could go in easily. You run all over them. Obviously, they didn't execute. And Lloyd Carr embarrassed in the big house. And and then Notre Dame travels to Michigan after Michigan. Ta- ta-da! Michigan State comes to town. And boy, if you don't remember last year's Notre Dame game, I don't know if you watch college football. We don't need to talk about what happened, who didn't get touches in the second half, J.U. Kulkrick, or what, what didn't happen on, on, on offense. You know, let's not throw interceptions. But Michigan State, and I think a very winnable game for MSU. In the game that may determine the, the, their bowl their bowl eligibility, that Notre Dame game down in Notre Dame, Indiana, which I will be at one way or the other, Raymond, as we talked about earlier today, our senior our, my senior year got to make the trip. Hopefully, either way, I'm covering it with work or le- or quote leisure, I'll be there. 
covering it for you guys. But there, it's it's a high possibility that we will see in zero and two Michigan and in zero and two Notre Dame in week three. And and boy, could we see it in under five hundred Notre Dame team when it's all said and done? I definitely think it's possible. They they do play a you know a tough schedule and you know they're definitely susceptible you know to a sub sub five hundred season. Let's take a look at Michigan's schedule quickly before we we transition into to more important things like people who won teams that won on their opening day, as in Michigan State. Uh, Michigan has Oregon at home, two thirty next Saturday. Uh, they then they have Notre Dame at home, which uh, I, I believe more than the Oregon game is a winnable game. Notre Dame is pathetic this year. Penn State, uh, I believe Penn State comes goes into Michigan and wins. And, and that puts Michigan in one in one loss in the Big Ten. In, in these days, uh, with the top heavy Big Ten, one loss really can differentiate you from winning the Big Ten and, and just being third to six in that middle bunch. Um, obviously, I'd echo you, Ray, and say Penn State is my favorite to win the Big Ten. But let, let's transition forward. Michigan State, 55-18 victory over UABJU. Colcrick rushes for 93 yards, all on 10 carries. Four touchdowns, all by the twelve thirty six mark of the second quarter. Was that the most impressed? Were you most impressed with Ju's performance of all performances on the Spartan side Saturday, Ray? Uh, it's either that or Brian Hoyer's efficiency. I mean, definitely uh, Colkirk had a huge game and busted off that forty two yard run and capped it off. You know, with four tu- ending the game with four touchdowns. And I don't know if he was named the Big Ten Player Big, of the Co- Week. Co- Co- Big, Big Ten, Ten Offensive Player of the Week. Player of yeah. Brigitte, most impressed with uh, J.U. Colker or Brian Hoare? I really like the way J.U. performed. I mean, their opening drive, they rushed down the field, all rushing, score a touchdown. I can't even remember if we've ever been in school when Michigan State has had a drive that's been all rushing touchdowns. But not to take away from J.U., I was really impressed with the way Brian Hoyer played. It was nice to see him around 17 attempts as opposed to like 61 per game because we actually had a run game that we could fall back on. But he looked really good, and you know, trying to replace Stanton is probably going to be one of our biggest problems this year, but I'm pretty confident in him. Are, are, are you even viewing it as, as a problem or just a challenge? Problem's the wrong word. Challenge is better because he was just such a big impact on our offense. But it's nice to know that we can have him come in, make solid plays, make solid decisions, not have a lot of turnovers, but also, if he's not having a good day, fall back on our run game. I had a chance to catch up with J.U. Colkrick this morning. Uh, disregard the intro to the clip. Uh, this clip serves dual purpose for my other job. I also work for MSUSpartans.com in the MSU Sports Info Office. But here's what J.U. Colkrick had to say this afternoon when I sat down with J.U. In this edition of the Spartan Sports Podcast, I'm here on a Monday afternoon press conference with senior running back J.U. Colkrick. J.U., we talked about a week ago about how you're five touchdowns outside of the top ten, and you also gave me a prediction about one defensive player, that player Chris L. Rucker. He has an interception in the game Saturday, and you rushed for four touchdowns by the 12:36 mark of the second quarter. Um, I feel that you're a little bit of a fortune t- fortune teller in that aspect, J.U., but obviously, big day for you. You have to still be a little bit ecstatic that you punched in four in that short a period of time. Oh, you know, it was uh, definitely, you know, a good, good feeling out there. You know, once again, like I say all the time, you know, the offensive line, you know, I owe it all to them, and they did a great job. This Saturday, you've got cap- the honorary captain will be Josh Thornhill, Caleb's older brother. That has to be special for you, probably someone you're familiar with. Oh, yeah, you know, Josh worked with us in the weight room, and, you know, just being roommates with Caleb and everything, you know, you see him a lot and, you know, just, you know, talk to him, and, you know, he knows about the Spartan tradition and everything, so, you know, it's good for them. 
big weekend in college football. Lots of upsets. You have to be weary of it, of the Bowling Green team that obviously bested Minnesota this past weekend. I mean, every every Saturday, you know, you, you, anyone can lose. So, I mean, we just have to come out and play our game and just stay focused and just concentrate on Spartan football, and w- everything will take care of itself. Now, co-Big Ten Player of the Week in just week one. That has to be the ideal start for you as a senior and a leader of this team. Oh, yeah, definitely it is. Um, you know, it was just, it's just an honor, you know, being now named that. And like I said earlier, too, you know, over to the offensive line because, you know, without them, I couldn't have done that. Joel Nichman got significant playing time at center. You have to be pleased with how he led that offensive line as well. Oh, you know, he did a great job. You know, he was out there, you know, being a leader at the center position. And, you know, being a younger guy, you know, stepping in there for his first start, you know, in Spartan Stadium for all those people, he did a great job. That was senior running back J.U. Culkert got a chance to sit down with J.U. this afternoon at the press conference. Uh, so gladly accepted the interview, as well as Caleb Thornhill. We'll get to him later. Uh, but we were just discussing who had the more impressive outing, Brian Hoyer, J.U. Kulkrick. Uh, obviously, it's good to have both of those in the conversation, that we can we can have multiple facets of our Spartan offense, at least, that have had very bright spots. Hoyer started the game 10 for 10. Did, did you Have you seen this in Hoyer before, that you thought that Hoyer could be this efficient and come out and end the day 14-17 for over 200 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. Did, did you see this potential in Hoyer, or is this something that you think over the summer that he's just grown? I think it's definitely over the summer he grew, and probably something in the offseason he worked on, just becoming more efficient, you know. And I think the offensive line had a lot to do with it. I mean, he wasn't, you know, scrambling for his life, and like Stan was last year, he had time in the pocket, and that's like most most valuable asset, just having time back there to throw the ball. One thing I like about Hoyer, Hoyer doesn't try to do too much. And you, and you made a great point about Hoyer, you know, throwing. Brigitte made a great point about Hoyer, you know, throwing for 61, throwing a school for a school record 61 attempts in the Penn State season finale last year. And, and ironically enough, after the game, I caught up with Brian Hoyer, and, and I believe Hoyer brought up just that. Uh, here's what Brian Hoyer had to say post game. In this edition of the Spartan Sports Podcast, I'm here post game with starting quarterback Brian Hoyer. Hoyer, great game. You started on the dime, 10 for 10. Anything pregame, anything in practice, or just you being a veteran coming back relaxed? Um, I think a little bit of, you know, all three of those, just because, uh, you know, I wasn't I wasn't nervous out there. You know, once I got that first play in, it was just like, you know, picking up where, where we left off from the Penn State game, for me at least. And, um, you know, we had a good week of preparation. We knew what they were doing, and, uh, you know, Luckily for us, they did the same thing that we thought they were going to do for the defense. They came out in a whole new offense, you know, so those guys did a great job of, of adjusting and uh, making plays on the run. Has to be a nice day for you when you can just hand off the rock to Jay Ukalkrick and he plows in for four touchdowns in the first half. Yeah, it makes it easy on me, you know. Uh, it's a little bit easier than uh, when you're throwing 61 times and, and it's everything's rely, uh, dependent on you, but... Uh, I think there was a couple of series where I might have thrown, you know, either one pass or not even thrown a pass, and and you could just, you know, you walk off the field knowing that everyone did their job, and it, and it just makes it makes it more of a team game, you know. And this, the chemistry seems to be there with you and starting wide receiver Devin Thomas. You hit him on a dime on a 45-yard touchdown pass, and he has a career high 105 yards today. Yeah, um, you know, Devin did a great job. Uh, you know, people have been asking me who's going to step up at that receiver, and and Devin is going to be the guy because he's he's big and physical, and uh, he knows how to he knows how to work uh, defensive backs. And you know, if, if people aren't going to let him like that, let him uh, open like that, you know, we got to take advantage of it. Could you have written a better story for game one under Coach Antonio? Uh, I think you know it was pretty much what we what we wanted to do, and you know, I don't think it could be much better than what it was. 
That was starting quarterback Brian Hoyer. His thoughts post-game after Michigan State bested UAB 55-18. You want to chime in, our number, phones are wide open, 517-432-3893. Our email address also open, wdbmsports at gmail.com. Once again, that's wdbmsports at gmail.com. Go ahead and chime in. Uh, We've discussed Michigan already, the embarrassment in Ann Arbor, and uh, the Ann Arbor arrogance, AAA, not the insurance company. Um, but the attitudes in Ann Arbor. Um, more importantly, we're stuck on Michigan and UAB. 55-18 over the Blazers of University of Alabama, Birmingham. Impressive day. I believe Hoyer was a little bit overshadowed by J.U. Kalkrick, but but in a good light. Uh, Hoyer was just so efficient. And, and, Brigitte, you made a great point in, during the break that Hoyer's confidence is just His confidence is just gleaming. has just like exploded so far. He just he looks so much more efficient. His confidence level over the summer compared to last year, and I think a lot of that is attributed to how he got a lot of playing time towards the end of the season last year. It wasn't just a brand new, you know, coming in, taking over the role that was had by Drew Stanton, which is a big shoe to fill. But, I mean, I think he's coming into that role great, and I'm really anxious to see what he's going to do Bef- in the upcoming season. Before we transition to defense, I also have an interview with Devin Thomas, who I think just had a breakout performance on route to what I believe he'll have a great two years here. Um, the balance on offense, is it what you expected with uh, pass-to-run ratio? Were you expecting a more rushing? I, I was, to be honest, expecting more rushing. We come out of the gates with, with a fullback out, you know, a fullback roll out of the out of the backfield into Andrew Hawkins in the first down. Uh, how was the, how was the balance offensively? And that's pretty much what I expected. I expected uh, you know state to be more much more balanced this year than last year. Um, but uh, how about how about as far as the distribution? We talked about the distribution of carries. A point you made earlier. That's they uh, state definitely utilized all three running backs: Jimerson, Ringer, and Kalkrick. They all got ten, you know, ten to thirteen carries. But Kalkrick obviously had you know overshadowed everyone with the four TDs. But they all had over plus seventy five yards rushing. That that is that is a great day. You look at the the offensive distribution: three yards apart, rushing for two hundred and ninety eight net yards, passing for two hundred and ninety five, uh, two TDs through the air, five on the ground. Uh, if you'd like to get Connected to us through the phones, the number is 517-432-3893. The email address, also if you're a little shy, don't like to talk on the phone, we can understand that. Go ahead and shoot us an email, wdbmsports at gmail.com. I'm here alongside Ray Mar and Brigitte Roy, just discussing Michigan State's impressive victory, 55-18 over a UAB team that well, wasn't so great, uh, but all, a, good, a good way to start the season. Your thoughts on wide receiver number 5, Devin Thomas. Were you impressed with him? Yeah, I mean, I think he looked great, you know, trying to fill positions from Kerry Reed, uh, Jeremy Scott, Matt Trannon. He looked pretty good. You know, we're missing those three wide receivers this year, and, you know, a lot of the guys seem like they stepped up pretty well, so I think he'll be a good Yeah, Devin asset. Thomas, somewhat of, somewhat of a, an athlete that was overlooked last year. Definitely. We, we didn't hear much about him at all. Like, who is this Devin Thomas guy? And, and if you see this, you see Devin in person, he, he is just he's just ripped. No, I'm not going to ride the guy's jock, as they say, but this guy <laughs> could play outside linebacker for us. He's he's about two, he's six two two twenty. Our starting outside linebacker John Mish is is six one two oh five, but but he's an animal in, in of, of himself. But yeah, great game, uh, 106 yards for number five at wide receiver Devin Thomas. A great chemistry he's got going with Brian Hoyer. I'm going to play a clip from Devin Thomas. Pardon the. 
quality of the clip, it was a little rushed. I had to use a, a separate recorder. But here's what Devin Thomas, wide receiver number five, had to say after the game. This edition of the Spartan Sports Podcast, I'm here with starting wide receiver Devin Thomas. First of all, DT, great game, career high, 105 yards and a touchdown. That's got to be the way you wanted to start. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know I made over 100, but, yeah, that's that's good news here. Uh, I just, uh, that, everything we prepared for, you know, I just made sure I tried to execute as best as possible, and I got it done today, and we uh, got the victory, so I'm very happy about that. Also, showed your versatility today. Had some end-around plays, getting some yards on the ground. Is that just your hard work and versatility as an athlete? Most definitely, yeah. I uh, played running back in high school, so coaches know that. They put me out there running back a little bit, reverses. Hoyer started out 10 for 10. You saw that coming, though. You had to know he's an accurate passer and a great QB. Most definitely. Hoyer got an arm, and, you know, he got a, a connection with all the receivers, and so we just know to get open, he's going to get the ball there. It had to feel good reeling that 45-yard TD. Oh, yeah, it felt great. I just like looking at the ball. I'm like, damn, here he comes. So it came down, got it, touchdown. And as an offense, you guys put up great numbers. You have to be pleased with, obviously, your running game, J.U. punching four in, and then Brian Hoyer doing it through the air as well as you. Most definitely. Yeah, coach brought the, um, you know, the package to balance offense, so I knew it was going to happen. We got great running backs and Hoyer not as if the ball, so we just get to do our job. Everything will be good. That was wide receiver Devin Thomas. Had a career-high 106 yards on the day. One touchdown for number five. But more importantly, we go to line number two. Mike from East Lansing, what's on your mind, Mike? Hey, Dan, I just wanted to call to say what a great game it was on Saturday. And I just want to send a message out to all the students and Spartan football fans. Uh, the, the, if there was one criticism of last Saturday, it would be the fact that there were lots of empty seats. And I can I can kind of ride with the fans. The fact that you know there were a lot of people that were still kind of not happy about what happened last year, but I just want to tell all the fans that you should really come out and see the team this year because um, what happened last Saturday is going to happen a lot more than people think. I think this is a solid football team. They got the right coach at the right time. Brian Hoyer was fabulous. Calkrick was fabulous. Ringer was fabulous. Um, the defense can play a little bit better, but you know, uh, this team is going to have some fun this year, and I'd really like to see the fans uh, give the Spartans a second chance. So, how well do you see this team finishing this year, or do you want to just take it a week at a time? Um, I want to take it a week at a time because I'm a bit of a homer, so uh, I mean, if you were to ask me, I would say, oh, they're going to go undefeated and go to the Rose Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, realistically, um, you know, Camp Randall, winning in Camp Randall is going to be a tall order, but I'm not conceding a thing. And uh, I think that I absolutely, as I told you over at John Vargas's house a couple weeks ago, that Michigan was overrated. And I really, I, I, I said it then and I'll say it now, I think we can take them. I think we can beat Penn State. Um, I think we can beat Ohio State. Will we beat those teams? Hard to say. But I think that this team is capable of going as far as uh, Mark D'Antonio can take them. Who are you more impressed with, J.U. Colcrick or Brian Hoyer? I was more impressed, impressed with J. Rue Colcrick because he is just an outstanding runner and uh, just a super person, too. And it drove me crazy last year that John L. Smith didn't play him um, as much as I thought he should have played. And I think, uh, I think Coach D'Antonio is really going to make up for that this year. And I think... Uh, uh, Jay Ruth's going to have a huge year. Hey, Mike, we thanks for your call. Thanks for your support of Spartan Sports Rep. All right, Dan, take care. That was Mike from East Lansing. If you'd like to chime in on the Spartan Sports Rep, phones are wide open. Our number, 517-432-3893. Also, the email inbox. Haven't got one yet. I'll be honest. Let's go. Bring them on. Ray, what's the question of the night? If you had a choice. Oh. <laughs> My bad. If you, if, which game would be more pleasurable to watch? The Colorado U of M game. 
the Final Four, Chris Weber, timeout, or the Appala- Appalachian State U of M game? Just because it's fresh, uh, boy, would I, uh, boy would I like to see that Appalachian State game. Not to mention it's at the same time as our game, so I can't see it. I'm, I'm in the tunnel post game, and then here, come, here comes Travis Keese, captain, free safety, running out of the locker room, screaming. You, they just blocked it. They just blocked it. It, it was tremendous. Coaches' wives erupting. It was a great day for Spartans. Uh, chime in, 517-432-3893 is the number. Our email inbox is wide open, as always. Uh, and the question of the night is if you could watch one of the games on ESPN Classic, which would it be? Tell them the choices. Um, Colorado U of M. Where Cordell Stewart just threw the Hail Mary bomb over Ty Law. To Michael Westbrook. Uh, the Final Four. Uh, Chris Weber calling timeout with no timeouts. And the infamous uh, Appalachian State versus U of M. Hey, we go back to line two. Welcome into the Spartan Sports Wrap. How you doing? Pretty good. How you doing? So what's on your mind tonight? I really want to know, I'm down here in Florida, and I want to know if you guys really think that Michigan State's defense can hold up this year. I think they can hold up under under certain uh, circumstances. Health is always a big issue. If that defensive line that is very thin, which coaches will admit, you know, it's not a secret, if that defensive line can stay healthy, Ojemdi Nuabo, Justin Kershaw, Steve Peck, uh, Irvin G-Ball Baldwin, um, if they can stay healthy, I believe we have a good mix. But health is the key issue on the defense. And we did look a little susceptible in the secondary, uh, but but still it's our first game against an offense. We had no idea what they were running, and the players admitted that, that UAB came with an offense they did not prepare for. And another question I have is that I heard you guys you know, speaking on Drew Stanton and the new quarterback having to step up. He has a lot of, you know, to feel, but uh, I personally thought that Drew Stanton was a pretty good quarterback, but he didn't get us those big wins, so I think if Hoyer could be accurate and win the big game, then you know what I mean? I feel like he can be better than Stanton. He can be better than Stanton. What, what facets of Hoyer's game do you like better than Stanton? Is he a, does he have a stronger arm? Is he more accurate, more efficient? What is it? Well, truthfully, I haven't been able to see Hoyer that much this year, because like I said, I'm down here in Florida. I don't get most of the games. But just if his accuracy, I think he'll be a pretty accurate quarterback, which Drew was, he was accurate as well. But Drew, he, you know, he got hurt a lot and, uh, in the big games, he seemed to not show up. So I'm thinking if Warrior can show up more, then, hey, we could be pretty good. But we're always pretty good on offense. It's just our defense that always lacks. So, I mean, we could have 600 yards in the game, but will that defense hold them? That's my main question. Will that defense hold them this year? Yeah, if we can stay healthy, I think we'll be all right. All right. Well, hey, we th- hey, we thanks for your call down in Florida. Appreciate your call and your support. All right. See you later. You want to chime in? The number 517-432-3893. The email address wdbmsports at gmail.com. Alongside Brigitte Sheroyan and Ray Mar, I'm Dan Duggar. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we'll wrap up Michigan State's 55-18 victory over UAB. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 89 FM. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. 
Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on the Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to Exposure. More importantly, this is Spartan Sport Trap. Exposure is a our once-weekly talk show, but it runs every night of the week. Uh, each night of the week, different topics. Uh, tonight's sports, certain nights happy hour, uh, but Monday night, Spartan Sports Rep, 7 to 8 p.m., right here on 88.9 FM, locally, 30 miles in each direction from the East Lansing area. But if you're out of that range, go ahead and log on, impact89fm.com. Uh, click the Listen Live symbol in the top left corner of the webpage, uh, and that'll plug you in around the world as long as you have an Internet connection. Pretty pretty ridiculous, I'd say, and the technology we have here, as well as podcasting. It's amazing. Uh, any show dating back to last fall. Uh, just simply log on to impact89fm.com, uh, click the podcast symbol, and click Spartan Sports Rep Archive. Over 30, 35 shows to, to select from. You can see the topics there. I've interviewed from Drew Neitzel to Gus Kanakis, former Michigan State basketball coach, to the Michigan State Formula Racing Team. So a wide variety of guests and interviews, so you will want to go check that out. Uh, also, msuspartans.com, the school's official athletic website. If you're looking for... Post game content. Um, there's no better place than the school's official website. You know we can we're the school. We can promote the school. Uh, MSUSpartans.com. Post game within two hours after the game. Uh, myself and my boss had eight interviews posted. Uh, many of them that you just heard now uh, posted on the website as well as offensive and de- defensive coordinators press conferences. All up to you for free at MSUSpartans.com. But more importantly. Uh, to give you a, a, just a bird's-eye view of the offense, who better than the offensive coordinator, Don Treadwell? Uh, here's his post-game comments after defeating UAB 55-18. Don Treadwell, here's what he had to say. Offensively, certainly proud of our young men. You know, coming out the gate there, certainly at the first half, uh, you know, we certainly felt that execution was what we wanted it to be. Uh, Brian Hoyer, I can't remember what it was. He was 8 for 8 or 10 for 10 first you know, passes, uh, that shows you what they've been working towards. Uh, I think there was a lot of confidence with the guys on the field. We tried to keep it balanced as we had intended to do. And obviously when you have guys uh, in the backfield like Javon Ringer and Jay who, you know, some good things are happening. And all that starts, though, up front with the offensive line. So our hat is off to them. We're really proud of our young men. Glad that they continue to press through it. And, uh, hey, it's just building the foundation. And we're just starting, you know, things rolling. And at this point, We'll go from there, but I'll open up for quick questions, and I'm going to let Pat talk about the defense. Can you uh, talk a little bit about uh, uh, Nitchman and his play today? Yeah, you know, some of the guys there, they've been rolling in. You know, we've got guys nicks and bruises here and there, and, and sometimes it's day-to-day. We're not sure who was going in, but, you know, Nitchman was aware that, hey, this could be a lot more playing time than less, and uh, it was kind of neat that he answered the bell because we do ask our centers to do quite a bit in terms of recognizing what's going on, making some check calls at the line of scrimmage. So, uh, certainly after we watch the film, and I'm sure Coach Roshar's line coach will you know, give you even a greater detail of how he played, but he was ready, and we liked the fact that when he was called upon, he answered the bell. Any other offensive questions? Are you pleasantly surprised by the execution, the lack of penalties? 
Yeah, I'd say, you know, we, we anticipated that. I mean, the kids have had a very good week of practice. You know, one thing to get through two-a-days, but this week has been a really good, you know, process of going through what we did day-to-day. Uh, everything starts up top. Coach D'Antonio always sets the tone, and it was a business approach. The kids played and practiced that way, and, and Hoyer at quarterback, you know, he's a very good leader that way along with the captains we have. That was offensive coordinator Don Treadwell Saunts post game after Michigan State topped UAB 55-18. Uh, but we transition now to the other side of the ball, the defensive side. Uh, UAB brings an offense to the table that Michigan State did not prepare for. And talking to senior captain Caleb Thornhill today, he said, we prepared for one offense. What we saw was something totally different. And that is why you saw starting linebacker John Mish uh, miss most of the first half. Although he ended up leading the team in tackles with nine, Sir Darian Adams uh, made his comeback on the field at outside linebacker because of his experience uh, and his versatility as a player that they could match up against those different offenses. And that's what UAB brought. Um, your thoughts, first of all, Kellen Davis, starting tight end, saw some spot work at defensive end starting in the second quarter. Uh, very big, 6'6", 265, athletic, got off the ball, and even got a sack. Ray, your thoughts on a player playing both ways on this high level of football? You know, it's definitely great to have, you know, a player with that versatility. You know, you can plug him in a defensive end when you, you know, our defensive line, you, we're not very deep in. So I guess, you know, it's, you know, great to have, you know, a player that can, you know, jump on defense. Kind of kind of nice offense. to have him in the yes. bullpen defensively. Yeah. Well, but, but Coach stressed today that primarily his role will be on the offense. And, and that's where I think Kellen Davis's professional career will lead, I hope. You know, I have high hopes that I think he's an NFL caliber tight end with his size and speed and, and, and speed off the snap. Bridget, your thoughts on a player playing both ways, even starting as early as the second quarter, as Kellen Davis was playing both tight end and defensive end? I think he could be good just as long as if he's an offensive player, he doesn't get hurt while he's playing defense. On a team that's already like so thin on defense, it's so nice to have a player that can play both, you know, when somebody gets hurt. But, you know, just make sure that he stays healthy so that he can contribute to the side that he's best at. But I think it's definitely a positive attribute. He brings experience and speed, which can only help them on defense get more sacks. I think they were one of the worst last year in the Big Ten, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but but that that's an attribute to, to the lack of blitzes. Mm-hmm. If, if you think about it, you know, if, if you're not blitzing, uh, you're, you're, you have an, an, a defensive lineman who has to beat a man or possibly two to get to that quarterback. And when you send a blitz, you got an odd man rush. So that you can you can slip past a few offensive linemen, but you have to be happy to see penalties down and, and playing with discipline. Not there was what one late hit. Roderick Jeanrette, you know, made a mistake, but you have to see the 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 yellow was off the field. You, we didn't see a lot of flags. You had to be pleased with that. But more importantly, <laughs> Michigan State gets the fifty-five eighteen victory over UAB. Uh, closing closing comments on the game, Ray. What were you impressed with? What what do you want to see improve? Uh, our offense was great. I mean, def- defensively, I want to see our secondary improve. I mean, we still we're still susceptible to those big plays, and uh, I think as the season progresses, our uh, our secondary will form you know chemistry, and I think we'll be stronger in the secondary throughout the year. Brigitte, cl- final thoughts on UAB MSU? Uh, I really like that they had the penalties down. That was probably my biggest complaint last year was their lack of focus. And one of my favorite quotes from D'Antonio this past week was when they were up so high. And he's like, we still need more focus. We still need more focus. So I just like what he's doing for the team so far. And I think this was a great way to start. You know, it's hard to predict how they're going to be once they encounter the Big Ten schedule. But 
if we're winning our first games and everybody else is losing their home, home openers, then I can't see anything wrong with that. You want to chime in in the last 10 minutes here, our phone number, 517-432-3893. Our email address, wdbmsports at gmail.com, wdbmsports at gmail.com. Go ahead and shoot us an email if you'd like. But here's one for you. A caller called in earlier in the hour. Finally get to get to this. Apparently, at Appalachian State, the students tore down the goalpost, carried it to the president's lawn, planted it, and sang the fight song. <laughs> How intense is, is Appalachian State, North, Carol- North Carolina is where they're at? Yes. How, how, how jacked is, are those 500 students that, that go to that school? What 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 a day for them! I'm I'm so happy for hail to the to the victors, the hail that, to Appalachian State. I think the fact that Appalachian State got paid essentially to play the game and they just beat the crap out of Michigan and embarrassed them was. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think some people may not understand the concept there that Appalachian State was paid probably upwards of half a million dollars to travel to the University of Michigan and play them, part of the contract. So they they, they were paid to go embarrass Michigan by two points in in what was poised to be Michigan's national title run season, and obviously, hopefully, they can finish in the top three of the Big Ten. I'll say that. Hopefully, they can finish in the top three. Michigan. That's even a stretch. That's that's even a stretch. To me, that's a stretch. So, so Michigan's season could be in the tank after week one. We won't go too hard on the Wolverines because. To, we'll be honest. They have, they have talent on that team. Oh, it's oh, definitely sure. a talented team. Oh, they, still have, they still have Hart, Henny, and Long. Manningham. And Man- and Manningham, yeah. So th- they'll be fine. They're going to win games. But when they come into East Lansing, they are a beatable team. And I think Appalachian State, although Javon Ringer said, quote, I kind of wanted Michigan to be undefeated when they come play us, it shows and it proves to our guys that Michigan is beatable by not a powerhouse team. Mm-hmm. So Michigan is very beatable. And I think that showdown in East Lansing is just going to be ridiculous. Imagine the couch burnings in Cedar Village if we upset. It's not is it is it would it even be an upset if Michigan if we beat Michigan? Depending on what the record is and where they're ranked and, you know, if we're the favorite, you know, all those factors will have to, you know, go in go into play. So So where does Michigan fall to in the ranks which come out tomorrow? Uh, personally, I hope to see them not ranked, but which I don't think they will be. I think they'll be ranked, but I would like to see them not ranked. I think in the middle teens. Brigitte, where does Michigan fall in the rankings? I think they'll definitely fall late teens, probably somewhere around like 16, 17, just, um, just because they probably will stay ranked, just because they're Michigan, like you said, with that arrogance. Oh, with that, the politics still, surrounding like, Ann Arbor. Into the polls, so they'll probably stay like somewhere around 16, 17. Look who just walked in the building, none other than Jeff Shoup, host of the Jazz Spectrum, former engineer on the Spartan Sports Rap. I can say it now as he takes a bow. If you're looking for some great jazz music, be sure to stay tuned at the top of the hour. The Jazz Spectrum will go, what, 8 to midnight? 8 to midnight. All Four hours of jazz music right here on Impact 89 FM. But I did get a chance to catch up with someone who didn't play on the gridiron, but in Breslin Arena. His name is Charlie Bell. Caught up with Charlie Bell in an exclusive interview just last week, here's what Char- here, here's catching up with Charlie Bell, former Michigan State national champion. This edition of the Spartan Sports Podcast, we're here with former Michigan State guard and All-American and national champion, Charlie Bell. First of all, Charlie, we know you're very successful in the NBA now. It took a long road to get there, but now you're you're in your you're going to be entering third season. And what have you taken from Michigan State or your college experience that you uh, you have applied 
in the NBA? Um, probably just, you know, hard work, you know, and just trying to be a, a great all-around team player, you know, working on every aspect of my game, you know. You know, when I came into Michigan State as Flint's all-time leading scorer, you know, I left as one of the best, better defenders, you know, to play here at Michigan State. Had, you know, and, you know, Coach Izzo really did a lot, you know, just to, you know, to help, you know, round out my game, you know, to become a better person and a better player. And it's helped me in, in the NBA where, you know, different game situations, I can go out there and play different roles for the team and, you know, just help the team wherever, which way I can. And, it's, you know, it's really, you know, come a long way for me. We know not everyone comes back, but we see, especially in the Flintstones, that you guys come back. You guys come play with the team in the summertime, in the offseason. What brings you back? I mean, it's, it's, it's a family. I mean, once you, you, you commit to come to Michigan State and once you come here, you know, you're part of the family. And I think, you know, you, know, you bleed green. You know, it never, it's never, it, it never dies, you know. And it's one thing, you know, when I was here, you know, guys like Eric Snow and Steve Smith and Magic used to come and play with us. You know, it's a good experience for, for us. You know, we were players, and I think it's a good experience for the, you know, the current Spartans. You know, they get a chance to play against NBA-type caliber, and it's only going to help them out, you know, once the season comes around. You know, when they're going out there and guarding somebody from another team, they know that they had to guard against me and Mateen and, you know, and, and Morris Peterson and other guys that are NBA now. You know, it gives them a lot of confidence in knowing that if they can go out there and play against us, you know, you know Big Ten and regular conference schedule, you know, is, is a piece of cake. When you were here, you won four Big Ten titles in addition to the national title. You've dealt with preseason hype, having a lot of expectations. Obviously, Michigan State's team this year with Drew Neitzel coming back and Raymar Morgan, etc. They have they have hype around them. They have expectations. How did you deal with that? For obviously four years, you were here. Um, I mean, we looked at it as a, as a challenge. I think you know we we came in with all the hype, you know, and we wanted it. You know, we wanted to go out there. We still had something to prove. You know, nothing is given to you, no matter how much hype. You know, it was around you, you know, preseason number one, top five. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, all that matters at the end of the day, you know, on April 1st or 2nd, whenever the national championship game is, you know, who's the last man standing. So, you know, you just got to continue to stay humble, work hard, and and, and push to get your goal because, you know, just because, you know, you're rated, you know, in the top, you know, it doesn't, you know, guarantee you any success. You were an All-American when you were here. You wore 14. You're 14th in the all-time scoring list. Drew Neitzel, preseason All-American. What advice do you give to him? Obviously, you've been there. Um, you know, just stay humble and continue to work. You know, um, you know, being an All-American, you know, like I said, as a team, you know, it goes as an individual also, is that, you know, it's, nothing's guaranteed. You know, um, there were a lot of All-Americans that, you know, are not in the NBA right now and, you know, not even playing basketball anymore. So you never know what's going to happen. You just got to, you know, continue to play. And, um, you know, you only going to go as far as your, your team, you know, takes you. You know, I think, you know, if this team does well, you know, there's going to be a lot of accolades for him. So, you know, he really has to, you know, be the leader of this team and get this team going. And I think that's only going to help him in the long run. That was former Michigan State All-American guard Charlie Bell. I know it's a football-heavy show, but I had the opportunity to sit down with Charlie and get an interview. So I thought you guys would appreciate that. Just a, just a little fall treat, a little basketball Give a little treat for you guys, a little Charlie Bell. He's currently in negotiations with the Milwaukee Bucks on extending his contract. This is the contract that will get Charlie Bell paid. I'm talking millions. So Charlie Bell, thank him for the for the for taking the time to sit down with me and, and do that. Don't forget all those all those podcasts and our archive at msuspartans.com as well as all our shows here, impact89fm.com. Simply click podcast. Um obviously Michigan lost this weekend. I got a little treat uh, for you as as we head out. It's about seven fifty eight. Uh, we're gonna play this last uh, this last little this little bit for you, a little treat for you, just in case you're joining us. Don't forget coming up at 
8 o'clock is the Jazz Spectrum. Uh, we'll leave you on this. For Bajit Sharoyan, uh, Ray Mara, myself, Dan Duggar, I appreciate you guys tuning in every Monday, 7 to 8 p.m., the Spartan Sports Wrap. We'll leave you on this, folks. Have a great week. 37-yard field goal. This is it. This is it right here. It's already. Snaps good. The whole oh, the kick's oh, The kick is good. Oh, the Mountaineers are going to try to take it good. to the lead. To the big house. That's the big house. 20, 15. Oh, the Mountaineers have just beat the Michigan Wolverines. The Mountaineers of Appalachian State have just beaten the Michigan Wolverines in the big house. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.